Welcome to the Don't Die podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. That's what we want. We want people to stop dying. I'm sick Please. of it. I'm sick of all these TV shows with, oh, he died. It's so sad. My son died. My daughter died. I know it sounds cynical, but there's no solution. There's no there's nobody saying so. So a couple of weeks ago, the MSNBC had this three-part series called "The United States of Addiction." They all got their same titles, right? Wow, yeah, that's and, a pretty good one though. And it was all about Ohio and the horrible, you know, all the death. And and I've been saying it for three years. And but there was no solution, like except for run around town at night trying to shoot people up with Narcan. You know what I mean? Right. Rather than how do you get these people help? Let's get them help. If they got Medicaid, let's figure out how what Medicaid places they can go to. Get outreach, get help, and and or safe using. You know what I mean? But Ohio is so averse, or, or some of these states are so averse to, you know, like a needle exchange or a drug education center or a safe injection site. There's no way. They're going to have a safe injection site in Indiana. Well, what, what's sad, this, this is a sad thing, I think, because it took me a long time to even start thinking that that was half a good idea because I was so anti any use at all that it took me a long time for my mind to open up no, but to any sort that, of harm reduction. That's the center hub of where all the drug addicts come to the sober drug addicts and interface. You know what I mean? Right. I mean... Uh, the needle exchange that was famous in L.A., the, one of the first ones in the United States on Coanga, I mean, I would go there and, and the people were so compassionate and loving towards you that you couldn't help but understand, like, this, this woman, all she really wants is to help me stay safe and not get AIDS and not get hepatitis C and not die. And she never preaches at me. And... That really had more effect on me. That really was one of the leading things as to how I got sober was there was a woman that worked at the needle exchange and I forget her name now. Oh my God, I can't even remember the woman who's most responsible for me being sober, you know, putting the cause and effect into place. So she kept, she knew that it, talking to me was hopeless, right? But my girlfriend <laughs> was not hopeless. And so she kept you know, talking with her every time we'd come in and exchange the needles. And finally, she got Max Smith to go to treatment. That's what put me into the orbit of getting arrested. As long as we were together, we were like Bonnie and Clyde. Once she went to treatment, um, that kind of set me into a different orbit. Like, you're right. off kilter. You can't function. You don't have your girlfriend. We'd been rolling like that for like two years, right? Now she's not there. Right. You know, and wobbly. she was, yeah, it yeah, gets yeah. wobbly, yeah. right? And um, and so it was, God, I forget her name at the needle exchange. Oh, my God, I, I remembered it for years. Anyways, she, <coughs> that was inevitably how we got sober. She, um, I think Max used when she was in treatment because we were four days apart in sobriety. Right. So obviously, maybe she used when she got out and then I got out of jail and then we were four days apart. Right. Okay. That woman had so much to do with us getting sober. And then she was on her honeymoon in Africa. She'd always wanted to go on safari in Africa. She's on her honeymoon. And 
the the jeep rolled over and broke her neck and she died no way and that was the first thing like i was a, <laughs> like six months sober and this woman at the needle exchange who had helped us get sober by her love and care and compassion for addicts died for no fucking reason God dang and it just it forces you right away to go wow i have to come to grips with this and somehow in my mind i just made it like i need to become a little part of her Right, so I kind of supported the needle exchange as best I could once I got where I was in a financial position where I could, and advocated for the needle exchange. And through the years, I've been very adamant about safe injection sites. Uh, you know, uh, naloxone be released to addicts. You know, and they all everything because that that's that's where the drug addicts are. You can't sit up on the mansion saying Malibu saying, come on out, drug addicts. <laughs> Any of you got no. a bunch of money? Come on out. I'd love to help you. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? No. What, I, what I love about the needle exchange people is they're, they are judgment free. They, they really, really seem are. to be the few, the few people in the recovery area, even though they're in harm reduction or not so much recovery. But they're sober. All but of them that I've met are sober. All of them I, I've ever met are. And they, they are the most caring and the most giving and the most self-sacrificing and usually have lost people or something there seems to always be a there's always a tragic story attached which is the only sad part so the places that have been dealing with intravenous drug use for 50 years since way before ohio and pennsylvania and new hampshire knew about it new york city and los angeles we've had needle exchanges we've had an open-minded municipal government we've had cooperation with law enforcement i remember in the in the late 80s weirdest thing happened because before before like 87 88 it was a combination of the aids epidemic and intravenous drug use and all that right before if somebody od'd at your house you just had to shove ice cubes up their butt and hope they fucking woke up right because <laughs> yeah. you were yeah. in trouble if it was your house and they were going to die there, you were in fucking trouble, right? Hmm. LAPD said, you know what? People aren't calling the police when people are ODing because they think they're going to go to jail. They've been going to jail. We're going to change that policy. And, and we are going to make it known to the addict population that you, can, you don't have to, don't ask, don't tell, or something like that. I remember on Hollywood Boulevard, at the bus benches, there was these things if somebody's, OD, you know, I don't know what the branding was or what the commercial was, but basically it was saying, hey, if somebody ODs at your house, call 911. Don't be scared. We won't arrest you. That was in the 80s. Los Angeles was doing that. I bet you that's still not the fucking law in many backward states in this country. I didn't even know that that was a thing because I know people still act like it's, it, it's still a problem. The, to call nine one one? Yeah, I, the, the, maybe in Huntington Street. Beach. I'll bet it is. Uh, I'll bet you in Huntington Beach, if you call nine one one, you might get arrested. I think. That's, I think it is. I hate Huntington Beach. I got to be honest <laughs> with you. I fucking hate it. I grew up there. I fucking hate it. I I avoid Huntington Beach at all costs. I I'm sorry. I know you live there. Friend of mine, I, I, Dick I and Bridget, live, there, live but... there. Friends of mine live there. You work there on the border. I do. Right right between Newport and Huntington, right? Actually, I work downtown Huntington. But, you know, I got arrested. Of the 19 arrests, I went back and looked when I got uh, sober. I, mean, I was working with Dr. Drew, and it, I had to 
they did my printout, and then I became a manager, and I could say to the HR department, will you bring down my printout from how many times I've been arrested so I have it somewhere, it's in some box somewhere? Like, of the 19 arrests, eight are in Huntington Beach. I only lived in Huntington Beach when I was <laughs> 16, 17, and 18. Only for three years, I got arrested. Eight of my 19 arrests. I wasn't even a criminal then. Think about that. When I, you know, played music and then ended up homeless, I was a full-blown criminal at the end. And living in Los Angeles, I still only arrested like five times when I was a criminal. When I wasn't a criminal in Huntington Beach, eight times. Yeah, but you looked wrong. I looked very wrong. I had That'll green teach you. dreadlocks. That'll teach you. Do you know what the Huntington Beach police <laughs> looked at you in 1979 when you had green dreadlocks? Do you know what they looked at you like? You were a piece of shit that they could stomp on like a cockroach. I don't think they've changed much, have they? Well, as far as that goes, because kids look like that every day now. I mean, so that 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 has changed as far as that. I don't know, man. I don't I don't run in the underbelly anymore, so I don't know the way. But you don't hear about it in the meetings. I bet you there's. They, uh, Mike, are you in the Huntington Beach world? Not really. So so maybe Huntington Beach has gotten progressive, but. But when you say that there's still concern about calling 911, and I know you're a beach guy, you're an OC beach yeah, guy, no, that, that yeah. fucking makes me question, what is city of Irvine? What is the city of Newport Beach? What is the city of Costa Mesa? What is the city of Huntington Beach? What is their policy if somebody ODs on drugs in your house? If you call them, they arrest you? That's a, that's a good thing for people to find out. Because in Los Angeles County, it is you could call anytime. They'll just come, bring, you know, Narcan, shoot the guy up. And I, I told you the <coughs> two people OD'd one time in within four days in my house in Hollywood. Right. And the second time, it was the same cop, right? This, this African-American woman. And she was standing in the hallway outside the apartment and the girl had been taken away and she was breathing so there's no worries there and um but you know and i was standing there and she just looked at me and she's and and this friend of mine that was there from texas who's in the band called the butthole somethings um <laughs> looked at us and said yacht not a party so hard around here <laughs> Yeah. I remember, and she and I just shut the door, and I was just like, and I just said to Gibby, is this a party? This isn't a fucking party, is it? Well, you know what's funny? You bring up Gibby. I see I see their name everywhere right now. I guess they're, 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 playing doing, they're in, doing a bunch of yeah, stuff. Yeah, they're huh? playing in Pedro. When is that? We got to go down to that. Dude, the buttholes are so great. Let's just talk about music for a while. Let's go off. <laughs> let's go off in gratitude about music. I never saw them, and I'd love to see them. But. <laughs> okay. I'm going, to tell, I'm going to tell you the greatest concerts I've ever been to. Kiss. Absolutely. At Anaheim Stadium, the Destroyer Tour. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. As a 16-year-old kid, mind-blowing. Right? Fast forward 35 years later to Irvine Meadows when they reunion with Peter, Chris, and Ace Frehley. I saw the first show at the K-Rock Christmas, K-Rock whatever it was, Weenie Roast. Yeah. mind-blowing they played love gun i was just like oh my god and at that time this was probably 15 years ago i was like 40 years old and i was just like so kiss one of the greatest live bands ever yeah i just saw them in 2012 they but, were great and i saw them in 79 at anaheim um at the convention center that was the love gun tour 
Yeah, awesome. Live band. But Butthole Surfers, it was, it was, you didn't even have to be on drugs. Watching that band with when it had the full videos and fucking crazy naked dancers and stuff and fire and guns, it made you feel like you were on drugs. You didn't even have to be on drugs. It had strobe lights aimed right at you trying to make you have a seizure. Nice. Like that's crazy. And people, I saw people have seizures in the pit because they had the strobes aimed at people so that they would have seizures. Well, that's not very nice. That's the butthole surfers <laughs> in all their glory. One of the, the greatest bands. So Kiss, Butthole Surfers. I'll tell you a band that was amazing was The Clash Live. I saw The Clash in a, you know unannounced show at the Roxy do London Calling before it came out. Straight mm. through. From opening song, all 18 songs, straight through. Unbelievable. I've, you know, then I've seen the great bands that everybody loves. I've seen Black Sabbath. It wasn't that great. It was kind of boring. I saw them in their prime. Um, <coughs> 78, right? Maybe not their prime prime, but 78 is pretty early to see Sabbath. Yeah. Well, I was just bored, really. They didn't do much. He, he didn't run around as much as he does now. Ozzy's a better performer now than he was in Black Sabbath's prime. That makes sense. And I saw Led Zeppelin, boring as shit, but the girls in the audience, amazing, awe-inspiring. <laughs> yeah. You just sat there and you just looked at the people next to you. It was just, they created a thing, I don't know what it is, that will yeah. never be created again. <laughs> That's a Jack Johnson show, absolutely painfully boring but it's 98% female. Yeah. And, and beach Led Zeppelin was too. I mean, there was stoner puka shell guys like me mixed in, <laughs> but it was mostly girls there to see Robert Plant. And it was just that, but, but they were pretty boring, Led Zeppelin. Um, Have you ever seen Marilyn Manson? I saw him. I saw him before he became so famous. It was good. It was entertaining. Yeah, he was. He was great when I saw him. But, but he, Nine he Inch Nails played. is what he kind of is an ancestor of. Nine Inch Nails when they hit town from Cleveland. I guess they're from Cleveland. I don't know. And yeah. they had that EP with Head Like a Hole. They played the Stardust Ballroom. It was mind blowing. The Chili Peppers before they made a record, mind blowing mostly just the chaos of it and then fleas bass playing no one had ever played bass like that so there's all these kind of bands that i saw that that were just mind-blowing and then the ones that you would expect were mind-blowing weren't that good you know what i mean i mean when henry first joined black flag it was amazing when they uh, damaged wasn't out but he was in it mind-blowing they did a show in the afternoon at Cathay de grand he's scary as fuck right but black <laughs> black flag through the years with the slip it in and all those boring as shit really you know people would go out of ritual sonic youth before they became so famous played the anti-club weirdest shit you ever heard and the music swirling around you and just feeling like oh my god this is you know, like when you get lost in music and you don't know time and space anymore, that's what Sonic Youth was like. Then when they became, you know, on Geffen, it was just more like uh, a, something else. I don't know. And it was still good, but it wasn't, <coughs> wasn't what they were. So let's get to the point. All these bands that I'm describing is very early in their career. So you need to see things 
when people are in their prime, by the time you really hear about them, like by the time most of America heard about Radiohead, they were boring as shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Kid A, fucking mind-blowing. And I saw that concert. Mars Volta. I saw Mars Volta, and I didn't know. I lost track of time and space. I saw them at the Greek theater. And then so many people were smoking pot around me. I thought, maybe I'm stoned. (laughs) But then I chose to believe, no, it's the Mars Volta. The Mars Volta is taking me to an alternative universe with music, right? So that's the thing of nostalgia and going and seeing Steely Dan and the Eagles and 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 sometimes I'm guilty of it. I'll go see Sammy Hagar or you know things of my childhood that I want to see, and it's just nostalgia. But going and seeing the best bands now in their prime. You can, because you can go to Coachella, you can go to this thing that the buttholes are playing, and go to the earlier stages, and go early, and go see something new. Go see Off. Keith's 60 years Dude. old. Off is mind-blowing. Yeah. No, mind-blowing. I, they're, they're so good. that, um, And I, I think the first time I saw them, they only had the 17-song the thing out, and I think it's just a little over 18 minutes, and they did like 45 minutes, and Keith talked for... Yeah, he has to talk. He to talked for like twenty five minutes of it, but the music that they did play, Dimitri was so phenomenal, and him with it's with Steve McDonald, and at the time I think it was Mario was the guy Mario was the drummer, yeah. and just absolutely so freaking tight. <laughs> and I was thinking, I don't know how they do it. I I, I watched. I can't them. even define it. Mike's friends with them. They were over here the other day. Mike, when when you watch off it it. It's new and fresh and different and mind-blowing. And you're like, it's 2017, and this is the greatest punk rock band on the planet. It's great, but- and, it's, and it's inspiring a lot of bands to go back to the early, early format of just loud-ass black flag guitar, one single vocalist, no gang vocals. That's important, man, because the gang vocals came with this oi kind of mentality and then later on now every punk band that wants to write a song writes in gang vocals which totally sucks so there's a band actually uh uh from orange county called the shiners club it's amazing you gotta check them out shiners shiners, the shiners like the like the shine like, it yeah shiners like <laughs> shiners like I mean, it's the shiners the no it's the shiners the shiners club the shiners club yeah, so, and it's very much in the in the so, but here's uh, they're very like, much in the in the vein of off, you know. So off is like creating a it's inspiring people new resurgence of nineteen eighties punk rock. I know, but what's weird about off is like I get carried away in it, like this is fucking amazing. And then I think this is so weird because Keith was in the band that was so fucking amazing forty years ago, and here is this band that reminds you of that band, but doesn't but th- but isn't a ripoff of that band it's just amazing what they do no, and no. anybody who hasn't seen off needs to go immediately this next time they tour and go see them because you know things are like shooting stars Thelonious Monster was great I'll tell you Thelonious Monster was unbelievably great from 1987 to 1989 there's I'll put us us and those two albums and that touring band up against any of my friends bands we were unbelievable. The problem with bands is they go on seven more years <laughs> after that, and that's a problem. 
You know it, what I mean? It kills. It, sometimes it kills sparks. Sometimes and I, I don't. I don't wish that on off. But I know that there's a thing. It's bands are very special, perfect chemical combinations that only explode so long. Yeah, but look, but off like Steve is with Red Cross and the Melvins over in Europe right now. Keith does all his other stuff they are so busy and so separated that when they come back together it's almost like yeah no i they're coming back together to try to write songs i guess but anyways to to people out there rock and roll is still alive this idea that everything is taylor swift fuck that it's not true nothing you know if you're a young person go out there and go go see bands and sneak in you know (laughs) i never felt so old that like they were doing this thing of like with big rock stars, what bands did you like when you were a, a preteen, right? And it was in LA Weekly or something. And Beck said Thelonious Monster that he used to ride his bike to Raji's to see Thelonious Monster. <laughs> and I was like, is Beck really that much younger than me? First off, that's what I really thought. But then I thought, how great is that if 14-year-old kid's riding his bike to go see a fucking punk rock band? We need that. We also need bars that you can sneak in the side doors. Oh yeah, which, all ages shows are, would be great for kids. And we, you know, I've I've been a part of people that have tried to do that. They, my my was, old bands played like you know the punk rock barbecue, punk rock picnic, all these things. But we try to get it going, but it's just. But I think kids like to be in bars but because Raji served food. Mike, could kids get in there? I guess they could. It served I, food. I don't remember. I think it served food. Remember, Top Jimmy was the cook. Where? At Raji's. Yeah, but it, it was food. a 21 and over. I don't think it was. How did kids get in there? There was a lot of audience that was not 21. When I moved when I moved to L.A. in 86, I, I didn't need an ID for most places, and I was 19. Yeah, I don't think you... I think if you... You, you think really... Who was the guy at the door? Bernie? You think Bernie was really not letting cool people in that were 16? I don't. I don't think so. I think the guy that ran it at the end. I mean, I know Dobbs, and they were all afraid of losing their license. It was a twenty-one and over club. How did Beck get in there when he was a kid? Then who? Beck. You're watching the Dodger game, aren't you? No, you're not even <laughs> listening to the podcast. Beck Hansen. <laughs> Beck said he used to go see Thelonious Monster at Raji's when he was a kid. Yeah, I don't know. I think you could get in through the kitchen too. I think he'd go around back and wasn't go his the his mom was kind of somebody too though yeah BB or what what was her name yeah um, I don't know she was in uh, Black she's Fag an, right Andy Warhol though yeah but yeah. she's Andy Warhol um, uh, gosh I'm this you know I'm on this uh, I, I'm just gonna say this Dayquil stuff it does make you kind of spaced out. Yeah. I had to take it. I'm taking the kids to Disneyland. I had to take Dayquil. What was I going to do? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we'll play with your brain. But it, it uh, it's, what is it? Acetaminophen affects your brain? No, acetaminophen is your, your Tylenol, right? It, it's um the... Uh, what is Dayquil? It's a pseudoephedrine in it. It's a hypnotic, too. It's got <laughs> hypnotics in it, just like Benadryl. You give Benadryl and you call it Vistral. You give it to people with anxiety and it's a... It's a uh, a sedative hypnotic so they make speed out of it they do <laughs> that's how they make bathtub speed out of out of the out of the uh, 
whatever that stuff. Pseudomethamphetamine? No, pseudoephedrine. What they make pseudoephed out of? I don't think it. I don't think it has it in it anymore. I think it's got something else in it. Because it says it's safe. They ruin everything. <laughs> they ruin everything. God damn. Oh wait, I can go back. It can't even they, paint your car with lead paint anymore. They cool. <laughs> they cool. I got um, a neighbor. I got a neighbor that uses house paint on his rims all the time. And I'm Dayquil sure it's in, lead-based. It, it's old. It's Dayquil so ingredients. Here, you ready? Dex, Dexlamin succinate. Well, you shouldn't Relief. do that. Uh, <laughs> phenylephrine is yeah. an agile G congestion. Acetaminophen. Acetaminophen. Acetaminophen is Tylenol. Well, oh, there's tunnel. God, it's so you can't go on the internet and look up anything, right? You're always being sold something. Oh, fake up. ingredients. No, you're being sold. <laughs> it's they're trying to get you to buy um, the VIX. They want me to buy VIX when I'm Googling. Um, right, it's the equivalent of fake ingredients. It's like <laughs> fake news. The other companies are putting. That's out what fake Trump's talking about. You Every time he googles something, they try to sell him. Yeah, exactly. Oh wait, this is on point. Speaking I would of, be upset if I was Trump. Speaking of Vix, I was. Did you ever watch Graham Norton? Yeah, yeah, the English yeah. talk show guy. So we were watching, getting caught up with Graham Norton last night, and uh, this lady was talking about how they were filming with horses and how. This horse wasn't a gelding, so it was getting horse boners all the time. And they were doing a, a no, horse boners, <laughs> horse boners. Had so to say that. So they're doing a period piece, and they didn't want these horse boners in the shot. And apparently, horses can smell other horses super far away. And if they're not fixed, they're ready to go. They don't care, boy, girl, horse. Really? Yeah, they. I guess they get they're good to go all the time. So she said the way that they would get rid of the horse boners is they would take Vicks. And, and that's what put it around the horse's nostrils. No, exactly. How did you know? Put it around that'll the block out. It'll block out the <laughs> the what is it called the the erotic uh, what are they called uh, the, the pheromones? Ther pheromones. Blocks the pheromones. So they out. put they put Vicks in the nose. I thought they were going to put the Vicks on the on the no horse not wiener. on the wiener. <laughs> put it on the, oh in the entryway. <laughs> yeah. But you want to know something weird? So Sid loves Sesame Street. That's my one year old, right? It's the only show she'll watch. You can't get her to watch anything else. And trust me, it's torture watching Sesame Street oh, three not, different yeah. times a day for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so the original, what's called old school Sesame Street, which was the like 70, 71, they're like much different than Sesame Street that you know, right? Right. The puppets so, were all dirty and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's a lot of things on farms. And there's one thing with this big horse with this big cock right behind the kids <laughs> the kids that are playing and the horse you know around the and this is this huge cock on the shot of sesame street right nice. and i see it consistently because that's the one that's loaded in the jeep on the tv show a horse right? cock yeah horse cock right with the little children playing around in the dirt in the, <laughs> really? at the farm yeah and so and what i realize is at the beginning of the DVD called Old School Sesame Street, they have a parental warning that this might not be suitable for all children. <laughs> because warning, in the 70s, cock. everyone, you know, it's a horse cock. Who cares? In the 2000s, oh my God, it's a horse cock. We have to keep the children away from the horse cock. We can't have the babies seeing the horse Whoa. cock. We don't even want to explain where food comes from anymore. Yeah. No. You know what I mean? It's a it's kind of a big deal. That's it's funny though. The that just reminded me again. The second way to get rid of the 
horse cock if you didn't have Vicks. <laughs> You, you kick him. You kick him in the dick, and it goes away. Oh my god! That's what god. they said, and they said so. They on the show. That's like, horrible. No, <laughs> put the Vicks around the nose. If you don't have it, you, that's what they do. That's you get what a, they did on set. And maybe I, you can do that in England, where yeah. Graham Norton's from. But you can't kick cock horses in the <laughs> cock in America. That's that's animal cruelty. What you and you'll for? be arrested. What are you in for? Kicking cock is wrong. <laughs> you know what I? <laughs> You know what's funny? Off the rails here. We have no, but it's funny because we live in a society that has so many fucking rules to so many things. It's just insanity, right? Elvis comes home on Wednesday. He's got homework. I'm like, you're in first grade. What the fuck are you talking about? Homework. And I just, I just, I'm fascinated by all the rules and how you get indoctrinated into the rules. Like, can't. Can't we just have a rule that homework doesn't start until like third grade where their frontal lobe can understand certain things, frontal cortex, right? He doesn't understand, like Sid doesn't understand, if you, if you wiggle your toes in front of her and then you push the blanket over top of it and wiggle it, she doesn't understand that the foot's still <laughs> under there. That's a brain development thing. I trick her with that shit all the time. <laughs> It fucking blows her mind all the time. Magic. Then you pull back the blanket and she's like, it's the foot again. (laughs) Right? That's because her brain hasn't developed enough to understand. Hey, the thing wiggling that now the blanket is over is probably the foot. They don't understand that. Well, seven-year-olds don't understand tomorrow or next week. They still fucking don't. But yet they have homework. It's fucking retarded. Now I'll get crucified for saying that word. It's just a root. Like, why? Why does he need homework for? He's at school eight hours a day. Isn't that a fucking enough for those fucking people? I fucking hate the schools. Don't get me started. Don't get me started on the schools. What about the schools, Bob? I don't like them. <laughs> but I don't want my kids to be homeschooled because then they won't know how to fucking deal with the... the Trump nightmare world. Wait till you get into Common Core. What's Common Core? Oh, oh don't, don't start. There'll be whole podcasts on Common Core math. <laughs> don't start. Is that where you're at? Are your kids in Common Core? Like? Yeah, they changed the math to Common Core, which is they ask these questions, math questions, and you have to answer them in three different ways. You have to write them out. You have to do a, you know, logical, and then you have to three different ways. What are the other two ways, Mike? He doesn't know. <laughs> I, think the, I think the regular way, a logical way, and then a written way. So, so the original math way yes. is not good enough nowadays no. for the, re, the ridiculous school districts across America. So now you need a second way to verify. But we don't need to know math because we have computers in our pockets. We do have computers in our pockets. But, I mean, it's good to know... Like, I get constantly, I don't like change. So whenever, like, I'm at Jamba Juice, it's $7.42. I always try to have 45 cents, a quarter and two dimes. If I got in my pocket, I give it to them. You should see their brains explode. And they don't know how to do that. I I like, it's $13 back. They always give me 12 back. I go, no, I give you 45. Because if you don't, if they don't see that you because you give them the twenty dollar bill right and then you're getting the change out of your pocket they just ring in the computer twenty dollars 
And then you give them 45, no, 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 well, here's 45 cents to make it a round dollar bill. I don't want more change, right? Mm -hmm. Their just brains are like, oh. A couple of weeks ago, they had to call the supervisor, the manager over. And you know what he did? He negated what she did and then just entered 2045 and then looked at the thing and then counted out the three pennies and the $13. So math is important, so shit like that doesn't happen because that's frustrating as fuck. That's right? sad. That's sad. But, but in general, I just think that if, if our education system is so great, how come Trump is president? That's all I got to say. That's all I have to say, Mike. If, if, if LA Unified School District and Missouri schools and Alabama schools, if this way that America has decided to educate its young people for decades is so great, how come Trump is president? Well, Mike Mart, what's the answer? Mike Mart, you got that? He's back to the Dodger game. Dang it, Mike Mart. No, Mark. I'm here. What? You know what I'm well, saying? He went to you for an answer. It's, I don't, I don't think have it. it has anything to do. You don't think the lack of, of a logical, commonsensical society is the reason why a whack job is president? I think it's the pendulum swings theory. That's what somebody, that's what Sam, my ex-wife said. She said, believe in this pendulum thing. I believe in the pendulum. The pendulum swings So now we've swung to the stupid side and we're going to swing back to the smart side. How do we get back to the smart side as quick as possible? It'll swing back. I, I can Relax. tell you a real answer, but I don't what want to put it? it out there. <laughs> really? And it's almost, <laughs> and, okay, so Bob, imagine this, just a theory in your mind, okay? Like just imagine a checks and balance type of system that they've come up with where each side has pretty much agreed like, okay, well, you do your thing on, you know, for the eight years and then you do your thing and it actually it checks and balances each other. So nothing really changes. But, but let's just talk about politics for two seconds, right? What will it take for the people who are too prideful to admit that maybe they made a mistake? What will it take for them? So let's just hypothesize a bit, shall we? Mm-hmm. We bomb North Korea, and North Korea bombs Japan and Seoul, Korea, and 10 million people die in one week. Will that be enough for that base to go, holy fuck? No, I think they'll say that it would have happened on anybody's watch. It just happened on his. I've talked to enough people that think that the Nothing bad things... Nothing will change? I think, that, I think that you've got people that are so set in their ways that I don't think... Even that, 10 million people died in one week? You know, see, I don't, I don't know that that would happen. I think that that would go fall back on Kim Jong-un. I think it would fall back on him because you've got... That's because we're so used to bombing sovereign nations in this country. Yeah. We bombed Iraq. We bombed Afghanistan. They were sovereign nations just like us. And we chose to bomb them. Right. And we've become so acceptable that we're America and we can go blow up any country we want. And they're pissed at us for blowing up their country? Yeah, well, that's, what they, that's, that's what they get. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, I don't know how many times uh, it, it never ceases to amaze me how people. They just they 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 pig dog it. That's what that Steve Irwin. So nothing could shake. Does Mike? Do you agree that even that wouldn't shake the base? Well, I'm I'm just hypothesizing. I just wonder because I don't think those people are bad or wrong. Or I think they're they're a product of their environment. And I think the schools have to accept responsibility for the environment that they create. 
how can you how can you have a society where people really believe that you know that the earth has only been here 5000 years you know what i mean um, our vice president believes that this earth has only been here 5000 years our vice president of the united I've, states i've never heard that i've never heard that he believed that I, I know that my older kid believed that for about six months he and did? he was smart enough to move on he was a young earth <coughs> yeah uh, because there's enough distracting information out there that a uh, he was probably 22 at the time you know at that age when you get college students that'll buy anything um, and what did he believe why did he he was going to college and got told that no because he was he was new sober and there was a whole lot there was a whole lot of information out there on the internet that's misleading that's misleading that's partially truthful and you know it's just something to argue about kids get a little bit of uh, information and they want to argue it uh, our vice president is not a kid well I, I haven't I can't I have a hard time digesting the fact that he thinks that. Um, does Mike Pence believe in evolution? I embrace the view that God created the heavens and earth. Here's his, his dodge of it. Intelligent design provides the only even remotely rational explanation for the known universe. I have a question. If Pence's children turned out to be drug addicts, where would they go to get help? If what? I'd talk to him. If what? If Pence's children. Oh, I'd help him in a second, of course, and I would never bring up that stuff. You can stay compartmentalized. Um, I've helped a lot of people that I don't agree with. A lot. Like, I'm, I, well, I'm an atheist. I, I disagree with 97% of everyone I meet. <laughs> <laughs> like, but this is crazy. Do you believe in evolution, sir? I believe, do I believe in evolution? I embrace the view that God created the heavens and the earth, the seas, and all that's in them. Right, but do you believe in the evolution as the way that he did that? The means, Chris, that he used to do that, I can't say, but I do believe in that fundamental truth. So he's dodging it. Yeah. Right? Um, in 2002 speech, he, um, you know, you can go, I mean, basically does, in does, a nutshell. Hey, I got a question. Does Pence talk? I haven't I've seen never him seen say him anything talk. other than go, go, Here's go. Here's an interesting thing. You know the thing that came up about the 25th Amendment? I, I got to admit, I didn't know what it was. Everybody's crucifying Trump for not knowing what it was. I didn't know what it was. It's I still that, don't know what it is. It's that the cabinet can replace the president. Did you know this? No. It's fucking crazy. So a majority of cabinet, I, I forget what the actual number is. I think it's... Um, 14 cabinet members and the vice president have to decide that the president is not fit for office and the vice president becomes the president. They can do that in-house. Nice. Without, without impeachment. Well, never going to happen. Well, I really thought, I wasn't thinking about this context because I don't want it to happen. I, I think Trump is better than Pence. But, but I was thinking like, what vice president wouldn't vote for that? <laughs> There's not a vice president that's going to go, you know what? I think he's doing fine. If, if the cabinet comes to the vice president and goes, you know what? We want you to take over because he's fucking out of his mind. There's not a vice president that's going to go, I beg to differ. <laughs> I don't think Biden would have done it. <clears throat> you don't think so? Nah. I think he was happy in his job. I think he was happy to be the, the yeah, behind the scenes guy. Number two? 
like Joe Biden had a personality. He could talk. He could, you know, speak. And, uh, and it seems like to me, like there's not like Pence is nothing. There's no. There's well, he's staying neutral. No fire. There's he's no, staying neutral. I think he had more fire, and he was more evangelical and more outspoken in the in the primaries. But but what I do believe is he's just remaining mute because he thinks like Bannon thinks, like we all think, like Trump's gonna not going to last for four years, so he's going to take over, and. Here's an interesting thing. Pence, I think, could really run and could have gotten health care through and could have worked with Congress. And I think he really could get this, this, what I perceive as, very destructive agenda accomplished. So, in the impeachment or this 25th Amendment, if the vice president becomes the president within the first two years of the four-year term, he can run for two terms. Ooh, we can get 10 years. How fucking crazy is that? Hmm. So if if they got Trump out in, in the next uh, Year. 17 months, yeah. Pence could be president for two years on the Trump thing, then run himself, win four years, then run himself again and run four years. M- Mike Pence could be president, Mike Mart, your no personality guy for 10 years. And I think he knows that. And I think he's just like, not saying fucking shit. I think he's just calm as a I don't. I'm not surprised right. by any political plan. Any 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 kind of like way they sort of you know built the American public. I'm never amazed at it. I just look at it and go, oh my god, they thought of a new way. You know, um, so that could be totally possible, Bob. I, I I you know. Anyways, the reason why I bring up politics is because when you disconnect from the news and Facebook, I don't even know who's president. I don't care. I don't hear what he tweeted. I don't right. know what he said yesterday. Here's the thing. I don't know what he said yesterday. I don't know what he said today. I, I'm not going to know what he says tomorrow. And it's a blessing. It's, it's, it's a gift from Jesus himself to be disconnected from this madness and this hate and this frustration and this divisiveness and to just go to Disneyland with your kids and to just hang out right. with the two of you and talk about drug addiction and and treatment and our lives and our beliefs and our opinions. This is it. This you, is all you get in life. I, I'm so close I'm so close to where you are. I don't know why I'm afraid to completely unplug. I don't know if I, it's a fear or if it's just something I become dependent on. But as far as going to I don't watch um regular news because it starts off with national news and it never used to talk about the president for the first 15 minutes but it does now i don't put on msnbc i don't put on cnn and i don't put on fox news well let me tell you how i this am a evo- lot help i'm a lot happier when i don't let me tell you how this evolution happened somebody suggested to me that i never listen to the alternative opinion my friend on facebook this guy dennis really smart guy really respect and so about six months ago i started watching at least 20 minutes a half hour of Fox News, right? More and more I watch it, the more and more, and then I'd switch back to MSNBC, the more I realize, like, this is the same shit. They're just saying a bunch of shit slanted their way. They're just saying a bunch of shit slanted their way. There is no, <laughs> there is no Walter Cronkite here. This is not what I grew up with. This is not, you know, objective facts. These are just opinions of of abstract facts. So that agreeing that Fox and MSNBC both slant their own ways, my enlightenment to that has what's led to, I got to disconnect from this for a while and see what happens. And here's the thing. I got a lot of political friends. They send me attachments 
via messenger mm-hmm. or, or via um, um, uh, uh, you know a text message where you can click on and see right. something. Um, but in general, you know, it's been a couple of cool two days, right? Yeah, it's and nice I'm, to not be involved in the hate, isn't it? Now, here's the thing from, I'm going to leave you with from George Carlin. There's one thing you might have noticed about me. This is George Carlin talking. I don't complain about politicians. Everybody complains about politicians. Everybody says they suck. Well, where do people think these politicians come from? They don't fall out of the sky. They don't pass through a membrane from another reality into our three-dimensional world. They come from American parents, American families, American homes, American schools, American churches, American businesses, American universities, and they are afflicted. They are elected by American citizens. This is the best we can do, folks. This is what you get. This is what's available and what's to offer. Garbage in, garbage out. If you have, if you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. Term limits ain't going to do any good for that. You're just going to get shorter terms of different <laughs> selfish, ignorant leaders because the population is selfish and ignorant. That's Dang. pretty. That's pretty bleak. But I also like. I don't know. I like George Carlin. <laughs> I don't know why it made me smile. That was totally depressing, but it made me smile. But, and here's the thing about, I'll just give you a hint about George Carlin. He got sober and died. <laughs> got, got was loaded for 60 years, gets sober and dies a year or two later. Dang. So, you know, that's, that's why I, you sign up for sobriety, you get what you get, and you don't get upset. That's what I tell Elvis. That's what I tell myself. If everybody practices that, you get what you get, and you don't get upset. I wish that was on the walls of AA clubhouses. You get what you get and you don't well, that's get upset. What ex- that's what acceptance means. I learned, I learned that at Elvis's preschool. I'd never heard that before. I lived my life by that mantra. You get what you get and you don't get upset. Till next time, we'll see you later, you guys. Bye. All right, bye. Hey, this is Bob, and you can get a hold of Aloe Treatment Centers at 888-595-0235. That's Aloe Treatment Centers in Malibu and Silver Lake, 888-595-0235. Tell them Bob told you to call.